Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this is Dr. Drew, and you are listening to This Life with Bob Forrest and Dr. Drew. Here we are. It is again. It's again. It's not like just uh, 10 minutes ago we were arguing about homelessness. It's definitely a whole different day. Let's go back to this life. <laughs> All right. So our guest today is Zach Scow. The... This is going to be a breath of fresh air. Yes, Thank God. Exactly. Something beautiful, something great, something good. No something... pressure, guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, the dog pack is what we want to talk about. But, but tell people your story first. Uh, Zach. Yeah, well, I was diagnosed with end-stage liver disease in 2008. Alcoholic liver disease? Mm-hmm. I drank myself and drugged myself into liver failure at 28. I'm still currently a transplant patient at Cedar sinai Did you have hep C, too? No. No, just no. straight alcohol acute liver disease. alcoholic hepatitis. I did it right. Wow, it's called, it's called acute. You get pancreatitis, too? No, no, no. You don't get I had, that. I had pancreatitis. That's a separate thing. Yeah. You, you get This is called acute sclerosing hyalonecrosis. Yeah. Did you get kidney failure on top of it? Kidney failure. There you go. The That's the yards. full deal. And I am one of 0.5% of liver patients who are able to reverse their cirrhosis of the liver. So I go in for testing. I have a basically at Cedar. Wait, I'm confused. You had a transplant? No, I did not. Not, have not a need a transplant. Once you're end stage and you yeah. kind of get admitted into a comprehensive program, end stage sounds like it sounds. You either die or you get a transplant. Yeah. Usually, you yeah. know, and it's also for people with kidneys, kidney issues. Well, acute sclerosing hyalonecrosis is a funny thing. It, it's considered the the progenitor of cirrhosis. It's just mm-hmm. coming. Here it comes. Yeah. Uh, but somehow you got in the way of it. How did they do that? Well, other than it, stopping drinking, it was pretty remarkable. You know, I was sober. In, yeah, sobriety yeah. was was the uh, the catalyst. I mean, yeah. when I got out of the hospital, I spent two months in the hospital, and the instructions were you need six months sober in yeah. order to qualify for a transplant, and uh, you're not going to survive six months. They gave me, you know, a, a basically you can plug in your numbers to the Mayo Clinic website. They gave me a, less than. I didn't have a chance of reaching 90 days without a transplant. I was going to the, die. What he had was called the hepatorenal syndrome. And once you get the hepatorenal syndrome, you're like you're on your way. I was 140 pounds. I was bright yellow. I had a, a nine-month pregnant, so swollen. Portal hypertension, know, all hepatorenal syndrome, exactly. the whole deal. Yeah, exactly. And they're draining me every three days. You know, By draining, it means putting a giant like three-gauge <laughs> needle into his abdomen. Exactly. And, and, and what looks like Sucking urine out. pouring out of his side. And then they in sit liters in liters and liters and liters and liters. Oh, liters. my God. Yeah, they plop That's just to make him comfortable. <laughs> and they say, this is what you've done to yourself. You know what I mean? So I went through all that. Man. Shaming I, medicine. There you go. No, no. It's to keep him comfortable. It's <laughs> yeah. to make him feel better. Yeah. No, but to make him... It's 
is what you did to yourself? Yeah. Well, well the, the, he's, <laughs> he thought that. No one said that to you, did they? Uh, you know, they, there was a little bit of, of trying to get me to understand what I was going through. Uh, yeah, they yeah, were yeah. trying to let you, let you yeah, know. Yeah. Hey, and there was a cultural difference here. This is not a joke. Pakistani and Indian doctors were my doctors. They're some of my closest friends to this day. But culturally, they're not looking at it as much as uh, from an alcoholic standpoint, at least 10 years ago. They, they were looking at strictly medical. Strictly medical. Yeah. yeah. So... I was sent home to try did and survive. You edu- did you educate them? We have since, yeah, Good. yeah. Well Doctor Dalal, Doctor Aziz, well uh, Doctor Manu. If you're out there, I, you know, these are some of my closest friends. Yeah. Um, they're and they really have made a, a transition into more of an understanding yeah. of the culture of alcoholism and drug addiction. Well, the yeah, you know, the brain disease. There, <laughs> exactly. But exactly. then you found your passion. Yeah. Well, I'd been dogs. working. In, I'd been working in dogs to try and. Because I was sick for a long time. I was drinking 24 hours a day. That was what my life was about. Dog was your only friend. <laughs> well, the dogs were the only way I, I could put on the front, you know, that I, when my, uh, I have a twin brother and, and he was, at, at that point, he had gotten a master's degree and all these successful people around me. So I could say, well, oh, well, you're, um, you know, getting your master's degree and successful in whatever work you're doing. I happen to be working for the Humane Society. Cue the slow clap and I can keep it going, <laughs> yeah, yeah. keep my friends up the <laughs> illusion that I was doing something redeeming. When in, inside I, I, uh, I had an absolute, you know, crisis of, I couldn't stand myself. I couldn't stand to look myself in the mirror and working with dogs was the only thing that kind of helped me feel redeemable. Hmm. Um, when I got sent home, the doctor said, you know, uh, it, w- it was terminal. They wanted to send me on, on hospice care. It was mm. just have them comfortable. This is crazy. And, Have you uh, written a book about this? No, no. You should write a book. Let's work on it. Well, I brought I brought my twenty four hour day book from my grandfather, which we'll we'll talk about, which is very you know one of those god shots that happened to me that sent me in the right direction. But actually, we can talk about it now. You yeah. Know, when please. I got when I got home, I you know, home from home from the hospital. My job was I wasn't healthy enough to take pre- transplant. I didn't qualify for one. So I wanted to kill myself when I got home. All I thought about was fantasizing. About Did what you my drink when you got home? I didn't right away, no. My dad stayed with me 24 hours a day for the first month. I had my first meeting in the hospital. It was hmm. one of the best things that ever happened to me. Hmm. A guy that had gotten through liver failure in prison showed up at the foot of my hospital bed, and basically that was my first you know, introduction into the program, Close. and I never yeah. forgot it. And he's still my Eskimo. He killed someone in a drunk driving accident, served nine years in prison, and uh, that was my, my first introduction to the program, and I've never left. Um, but this, I didn't know anything about the program except that I'd been with friends when I was uh, in high school and college. For them, right? As moral support. Um, I was very suicidal when I got back. That's really all I thought about. You know, at the time I was so ill, I, I, and I had no idea how to live without drugs and alcohol. And my, my, fault, my dad's dad died of liver failure, the exact disease that I have, in 1961. Wow. Um, that's the year I was born. Joel, yeah. So I'm going through his things. I find these letters that he's writing from an AA house in Bellflower. I find this book, which is a 24-hour day, but I know exactly what it was when yeah, I saw I it because I've been going to meetings That's a for, soft cover, though. for a month. That's a soft cover. So I open it, and my dad's always told me stories about his dad. Never much, just that he was a terrible individual. He died when he was 15, then he didn't cry when he found out he died. Um, terrible stories, really just an awful relationship, if any relationship at all. I find this book, bring it into the room, I, I set it down with my dad, and I start flicking through it. It's got his social security card in it. Kermit Alden Scow is his name. I'd never heard his full name. Uh, and it's marked. You can see the ribbon. It's marked. Right. So I hand it to my dad. He starts to weep. And I don't, my dad doesn't, you know, he's not a big crier. He cries now, but not for these type of reasons. And he goes, I'll be damned. I'll be damned. And uh, he says, it's marked. And I go, well, what's it marked? He says, July 3rd. I said, well, what's July 3rd? He goes, that's the day the bastard died. 
So he was reading his 24-hour day book the day he died of liver wow. failure at mm. 41 years of age when my dad was 15. And uh, there's a piece of paper in it that uh, you know has this information on it, and I brought it to his my sponsor. Information? It oh. has his sponsor's name, who is Friedman, his phone number, and it has the phone number for the men's Cadillac meeting on or the men's stag meeting on Cadillac Street Saturday night in downtown Los Angeles. Wow! So I didn't know what it meant. I gave it to my sponsor. He told me what it meant. So I got this gem. I got this thing. This this you know. And at the time, I'm searching for what a god of my understanding is. I, I'm already sort of amazed that you had a sponsor and you were going to meetings regularly. That's yeah, sort they of do extraordinary. That, well, they I had do to. That no, but it hospital. sounds like he was doing it on a, sort of self motivated. Part for of some the liver reason. transplant program is you have to fax ah, them proof that you're okay. going to meetings. So you're motivated to get a liver, doctor. <laughs> Dr. Tram Tran, she's a woman, wonderful woman. Shout out to Dr. Tram. She was the head of transplant at the time. I had to fax her proof that I was going to meetings. <laughs> so the first time I went to a meeting, it was, I was on a liver card. I was Instead of a court <laughs> card, I was on a liver card. And, um, and so the first meeting I went to was the address was a bar. And we walk into this place. I'm going, what is this? This is They just throw you right into it, don't they? Yeah. And uh, it's a bunch of, there's a bunch of old guys sitting at a booth. And I go, oh, my God, this is what it is. This is so weird. My dad, I can't walk at the time. I got ammonia on my brain. And finally, we go sit down with these old men. They're like, you're out of your minds. The, if you're the, the meeting hall is behind the parking lot. You're in the wrong spot. And then my focus from that point on was just I need to talk to the president of Alcoholics Anonymous. I need a liver transplant. Well, there's a lot of them. You could meet a lot yeah. of them. Oh, for sure. For sure. So wait, this yeah. is funny. Keep going. Yeah. So The so president of they, Alcoholics Anonymous. They try to Anonymous. explain to me. You know what it's like, Dr. Drew. With a, a I want to talk to the head guy. Yeah. So, all right. So, so when, you, when your liver doesn't work, you can't break down the nitrogenous waste coming out of your gut. So you accumulate ammonia throughout your system. And you and the manifestations can be wild and bizarre. Yeah, you don't know what and, day it is sometimes. Yeah, and then you're also a grandiose alcoholic. Mm -hmm, exactly. <laughs> you're also in your in, exactly. way in your disease. Yeah, and here we go. Head. So, yeah. so I'm going to show everyone now that I have a few days of sobriety, like what I'm truly made of. I'm going to become the president. This, by the way, by the this this sounds more like what I was expecting. <laughs> the, yeah. the, the weeping over the book, I'm like yeah. what? Huh? Oh, a sponsor? What? Well, <laughs> you know, that, now it makes sense. I was so you know, and I didn't really get the meetings. I just knew that I needed that they were. Means to an end. Yeah, I yeah. needed them I get to get it. me now a I get liver it. transplant. Yeah, yeah. You know, so then finally they go, "We have a secretary." I was like, "Bingo! Let me have him. Let me talk Bring me to, to the secretary." <laughs> and I'm raising my hand for to every make comments. <laughs> yeah, because I want to give some feedback. Yeah, I'm trying to be polite. You know? <laughs> they're like, "Jesus, the bright orange guy who looks pregnant." I was, <laughs> yeah. So to give you context, I I wore my shades everywhere because I was humiliated about um, how yellow my eyes were. Yeah. I had duct tape. My belly button was herniated. Yeah, yeah. My, so I had duct taped my... It looked like I had a little boner sticking yeah. to my shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, so I duct taped my belly button down so oh, that you couldn't good. see it. <laughs> I always wore baggy clothes, long sleeve shirts. I would tan my ass off uh, so that you couldn't see the jaundice. Uh -huh. um, that's how I... Because I kept it going for as long as possible. Uh -huh. As long as possible. The only reason I got checked into the hospital for a long stay was because I started leaking blood from both ends. And uh, that is the only, only reason yeah. that we got it's good reason out. to go to the hospital. Yeah. So, so what, <laughs> so just, you know, what that means, this is, let me just describe what happens here. First of all, you, your liver can't even make the clotting factors anymore that makes your blood clot. So your pro time goes off the chain and because of the same thing that accumulates the fluid in the abdomen also accumulates blood behind the liver so you get you get varicose veins in your ass and in your in your esophagus yep. and you can't not you can't clot them so yep. they just bleed so several so, of my sponsees who have sponsored in liver failure have that's they've 
passed away through, and this is a very real, this is the underbelly of liver failure. Like People the bleeds. You bleed out orally. Esophageal varices bleed. You bleed out orally. And I've seen it happen in the ICU twice. It's and like it a is, fountain. You've never seen anything like they it. They cauterize them it's if they can. It's blood everywhere. It is Woo. very, very, and it smells yeah. like you wouldn't believe, yeah. you know, and it's uh, it's the it's the very real product of what happens when we are so you have to transfuse them you have to transfuse them with the clotting factors frozen and plasma only, those only last mm-hmm. a little while and uh, and hope you can get in there and cauterize freezing things. cold plasma transfusions yeah. all the See, time and here's you know? here's the thing and i'm sure you've been a part of this now the kids that are dying nowadays are nowhere near that stage of the disease of alcoholism they don't even know you're from mars <laughs> mm-hmm. <Yeah>. right and <laughs> And my story is similar to yours. And it's hard to communicate with them. You deal with newcomers all the time. They've been using heroin for a year. They're going to be dead tonight, maybe this weekend. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And they don't relate to people like you and me because our stories are so graphic and so down and dirty. And they don't understand it and they've never lived like that. So I've started to – I don't know about you, but I've started to – kind of tame down my story and make it more about feelings and more about suicide. Yeah, you absolutely. said you wanted to commit suicide. I right. wanted to commit suicide every day that last year and a half, mm-hmm. right? And the kids relate to suicide mm-hmm. more yeah. than they relate to bleeding out your ass, Drew. Yes, it's weird. That, that makes yeah. sense Well, the inco- incomprehensible demoralization is something I think I lived, I lived for for so long that I didn't remember what it was like to not be that way. But, but 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 it's a really really interesting point you're raising, Bob. Which is they don't relate to there's, there's a generation. <laughs> gener- I can't even say it now. I've well, gotten it out of my vocabulary saying. because, because <laughs> addictions become sanitized and medic and Medica. Med- medically Medical, and medically yeah. uh, carried out. Yeah. Yeah, Weird. I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. It is different to... But they would love the dogs. They they mm. will gravitate towards you because of the dogs. Yes. Oh, big time. And yes. you could save them from a death of fentanyl. Mm. Not with your story that's help, that helps people like me and that's helped... Alcoholics have helped each other for a hundred years by telling mm-hmm. our story, but just by talking about the dogs. Yeah, weird. absolutely. It's so weird. weird, but true. It yeah, also creates right. a, um, an automatic vulnerability that uh, it's it's the it's dogs do f- absolutely yeah. far more effective than having a psychiatrist we'll, or a therapist. We'll present. talk about the dogs. Yeah, tell us. Well, I mean, the, the dogs were. I had my real moment was standing in front of the mirror. Um, I, I relapsed a month afterwards. So my dad went to to Brazil for forty eight hours. I found a way to find backup keys of the car. It was just to just to taste it. I just I hadn't slept. It was one of those things. You know, I don't have to explain to you guys. I love no, it. I love it. it. Here's what it is. Just I, I just need a sip. Just, just one more taste. sip. My because, last sip, and then I'm done. Because <laughs> surely I can't. Dr- I won't drink like an alcoholic because I'm this way already. I'm already yeah, toxic. I'm, I'm regulated. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm in liver failure. Certainly, yeah, so I'll a little, little schnapps, a little peppermint yeah. schnapps, fresh in your breath. Yeah, and I blacked out for two days. I don't remember any of it. And did um, you end up back in the hospital? My dad came back from Brazil. I had to walk over, and I I, I told him, hey. um, we have to go to the hospital, and he didn't believe me. I took off my glasses. He saw the yellow in my eyes, and I said, listen, I drank again. Uh, my stomach's filled, and we need to go to the hospital now. And he just started to weep. He just he started to weep, and he said, I, I've, always, I've always been afraid of it, but I know how you're going to kill yourself, and it's happening right now. And he just kept saying, you've killed yourself, you've killed yourself, you've killed yourself. And, um, you know, he reluctantly took me to the hospital. And, um, and that was the last reluctantly. time I drank. He was, um, at that he point, he was up. so dejected he and so given up. jaded. You're I just think. dead. That's it. Why yeah. bother? Yeah. yeah. He was. Well, Eventually, he, all will flee from the alcoholic. Yeah. 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 And what happened was. Um, Jesus. You, you know, I had the big my. Book in a long time. My dogs were. Uh, <laughs> I still know it pretty well. 
I could use some big book quoting, actually, man. That's getting back to it. That's so nostalgic. I love it, man. Yeah. If I could, I'd have probably 10 things magnetized. I had a similar fridge. thing. So I always depended on two. My, my parents I didn't really, I wasn't involved with, but I had friends, good friends I grew up with in the LA music community. And these two friends that I'd always use to like go by their house, bullshit them, steal from them, take a shower, get something to eat, sleep on the couch, get some girls' phone numbers, just like regroup. I always mm-hmm. use their house to regroup. But I knew not to go there more than like once every six weeks for like two or three days, depending. Hmm. And so I go by there and their house is empty. All the furniture's gone. You know? And I was like, what? And and this is back in the payphone (laughs) days, right? This is back in the payphone days. So I called their payphone, their home phone. It went to voicemail. So I called a mutual friend. I said, where did Louie and Keith move to? I'm at their house. They're not there. And he goes, uh, I don't want to get involved. <laughs> My dad, he wishes he could have erected a boundary like that. You know what I mean? So, so then finally the guy I called says, they don't want you to know where they've moved to. <laughs> I, I have friends. That had a profound effect on me. Bob, you should know I, had friends, I have friends to this day that you used to go visit. You'd pound on their door and they'd pretend they weren't home. Yeah, they pretend. <laughs> That was I had a, a go round, but it's similar oh, to family if you had yeah, your dad and your sure. your brother, and so. so but the, you had this love of dogs mm-hmm. that led to you and I doing right. celebrity rehab about seven years ago, and we yep. were trying to promote your organization, and then a client had a seizure, had a seizure in the middle of your episode, and and the Mutt Militia got kind of lost in the in the my, promo and the editing. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> so so really, what you know, what I've discovered over the years, and what happened for me in that moment was was dogs are absolute medicine, medicine in um, in terms of therapy, medicine in terms of motivation, medicine in terms of uh, living examples for how to how to deal with trauma. Um, almost all of the dog I operate a dog rescue called Marley's Mutt's Dog Rescue, and we've been around essentially since I was in liver failure. I started it in the middle of liver failure as just a way to get out of my head. I needed to be of service to something other than, you know. Was the, it always the, traumatized dogs or was it just abandoned dogs? These are all shelter dogs. So some of them. But you have an amputee varying, dog with you today. Yeah, I have a double amputee. Uh, with me today named Cora Rose, and she's just the, she's the happiest dog on planet Earth. And, I know. I noticed that. And the, the struggle we went through just to explain to people that, she's, that she has a high quality of life is remarkable. People still don't believe that she can have a high quality of life. Um, and so dogs have served in that capacity in my life. They're always right there to show me, show me the way. They really have been. And whether it's unconditional love, whether it was coming out of opiate withdrawal. In, in oh, full, you can tell us about that. Well, when I got I got addicted to Dilaudid in the hospital. Oh, the, for God's the pain, sakes. the the way hospitals deal with pain, oh, even if even. you're in liver failure, yeah. is this, <laughs> the smiley chart. And so, if you deal with a drug addict and you tell him point at the the frowny, there's a smiley face, a straight face, and a frowny. He's, face. He's referring to the pain scale yeah, that pain thank scale. God has been removed from. But all this, this was you were there during the whole what brought us the pain, the opiate yeah. epidemic. Ten years Absolutely. ago, absolutely. Yeah, but the, ten but, but years ago, it. I got heavily, heavily. Think addicted. about it. They gave a alcohol. But your liver bounced back. I'll bet. Well, it, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it, it got much, much worse in the hospital. My it liver, did? My liver did, yeah, much worse. It wasn't until I got admitted to comprehensive transplant at Cedars and Dr. Tran took me off everything. She took me off 10 of the 12 medic- medications I was on. Yeah, good. And that's when things started to get better. Hmm. But when I went through withdrawal, they sent me home. You know, I, I had no idea what was about to happen. You got liver failure and opiate withdrawal? Yeah. Hard, and I, you're still alive? I was alive? getting dilated every four hours for five weeks. Well, to be fair, the uh, the ammonia will 
It's like taking. Xanax. Oh my god! It's gonna say it's a good thing that allotted him the emotional. No, no, I'm saying for the withdrawal, for yeah. the withdrawal. Oh, cover! Sure. You won't know that yeah. you're in withdrawal. Right, exactly. It's so out of it, but it could have been a disaster. It could have been just total disaster. Look at this guy! Yeah, Look at this, this guy! Like, no front girl. legs. He's got a little car, but he just he jumps around on the ground. Yeah, she, like, she walks on her back. She feet. walks around. Yeah. So, you know, the opiate withdrawal, when my dogs were present, it was the only thing that kept me from losing my mind. They grounded me. They brought me some kind of, of understanding that things were going to be okay. Because I was losing my mind. Full auditory, visual hallucinations. I mean, I, I saw devils in the ceiling. I thought I, was, thought I was dying, you know. And I had all three of my dogs with me. And I, I, I had lost control of my bowels, which was just a regular part of liver mm-hmm, failure. Mm-hmm. And I, so I walk into the Well, they're bathroom. also giving you meds to give you diarrhea. Oh, lactulose yeah. and enulose, the yeah. worst drugs on planet Earth. Yeah. So I'm standing in front of the, the mirror, and I, I don't recognize who I'm looking at, you know. Um, I got this little old man, yellow butt with wrinkles. I'm, I'm only 29 now at this point. I, I, I do not recognize who I'm looking at in the mirror. So I I'm, I'm start to cry, and I, I kind of look behind me. I feel my dog's presence, and they're all looking up at me, like, you know, just yeah. wagging their tails. Elated, Nothing's changed looking, around here. Looking at me like I'm spiritually the Dalai Lama and physically <laughs> Brad Pitt. I mean, like, I am, like I am just the God's gift to human beings. And better than that, it was that they they knew I was in there, man. They knew I was in there. And that's what I needed. I needed someone to let me know like, "Hey, we we recognize your spirit. We recognize your beautiful soul." Cuz I felt I felt worse than than I know how to describe feeling inside. You know, I, I absolutely hated myself, every part of my being, and I didn't know how to live. And I got these these creatures, these conscious creatures that I very much respect looking at me knowing recognizing that 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 light is still in there you know and and that was the next day that we started uh we started journaling the next day and i started walking we we we, meaning me and the dogs you journaled with tell me more about that because because you you were speaking a language there that caught my attention and then it sort of paid out i I can't i can't you know i can't talk i that much anymore i i I have to talk we and it's always me and the dogs but 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 the, you know, you and I believe that this, there's other people involved with you. You got a sure. guy with you. You've no, got no, a community no, I, of no, support. But of course, but but it is connectedness that we believe gets people through uh, and around. And it's the first time I've heard a connection to yeah. dog story that really yeah. seemed to be a, at the well, center it was of it. All of it, man. It was yeah. it was connecting to my dogs, and it was connecting to my grandfather who passed from liver failure. So in the program, you get the gift of developing your own. A God of your understanding. I needed to find that God. I'm an atheist. How am I supposed to do that? And that day, that interaction with my dogs gave me the permission to. I started literally looking up at the night sky and picturing my grandfather's face. I found a bunch of these pictures. I started talking to him. Never met the guy. He died when my dad was 15. But I developed a beautiful relationship with a God of my understanding that involved him, it involved my dogs, it involved nature and involved people so and meetings. This is an important story for people to hear. And I threw myself into like how beautiful of a thing is that, that you get, to, there's no dogma hanging over my head. There's the steps and the traditions, which I, I don't mind, which I love being a part of. And I don't mind um, using that as a guideline, but there wasn't any punishment. There wasn't, I had this complete freedom to find a God of my understanding. And I think I was just thrilled about that. I was thrilled to have the to, to be granted the grace to do that. And so that's what my dogs and I set out to do is like, let's go figure it out. Let's just go f- figure it out one step at a time, literally. And where were you living when this happened? In West Side in my of dad's, LA? In my dad's garage in Tehachapi. Oh, so I'm living two hours north of LA. Um, we're having to go to Cedars every two days um, oh. and uh, living in a garage and, and one in the house. And, and 
and just started bringing dogs into my pack. We we started walking every single day to get the ammonia off, to get the, the all this bile and blood, and I had to keep moving. So I couldn't get very far at first, um, you know, just down the driveway. But that's all we did was we walked, we went to meetings, we put one foot in front of the other, literally. And I started to notice things, and I started to be able to take in beauty. I started to be able, you know, in in many ways, addiction is a is is a crisis of self esteem. I, I lost my self-esteem through a series of trauma in my life. You know, I'm a childhood sexual abuse survivor mm-hmm. from a family member, something I didn't even realize played into my life the way it did until I got into the program, until I allowed myself therapy. And then the power went away from it. It wasn't something that I'm, that I'm saddled with. I don't, I don't constantly think of myself as a victim of sexual abuse. I'm just elated that I figured it out. Right. Well, not just figured it out, but you reconnected with that part of yourself that was hidden back, traumatized. I keep thinking I have to to fix myself. I just need to get back to who, get back to that kid. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that's all, and that's so much easier. Which you you were disconnected from. Exactly. Again, another kind of connection. Uh I I always used to scream, but, you know, connect to others, connect to self, connect to others, connect to self. Yeah. This is, this is a great story about that. Yeah, man. And so the, the dogs, you know, the dogs also helped me get out of my comfort zone. What, what, sobriety is all about is you know for me anyway i was afraid of everything i was afraid of like the market the grocery store was like terrifying i couldn't drive sober i hadn't driven sober in years so people get close to me i i I didn't know how to do these things i was afraid of of all of it especially interactions but if i had a dog with me it always made these interactions easier it took the it took the pressure off of me directly we could talk about the dog we could talk about something else and that's God, that took the pressure off, man, because I would get into bullshitting. I would find, especially in the beginning, I would, I would start to lie to, I have a pretty remarkable story. I don't need to lie about anything. <laughs> I, I would start to, you know how it is. You go, and then, and then the shame starts again. There's the cycle of shame because you're, you're, you're fibbing for no reason, you know? And, and so the dogs just allowed me to have conversations. Oh, these are all such great examples of how addiction works. Yeah. It's so perfect. Yeah. Right? I mean, everyone does that. Yeah. Has a disease. A- absolutely, man. And, and so the, the dogs became a mission, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because the you know we live in Kern County, and and well, millions of dogs are being euthanized in shelters. You know, and, right. and I found these little furry balls of medicine that could help me. And I started doing the the, the speaking circuit. I started going to different places in Malibu. My mom as a speaker, or as a, yeah, yeah. My mom hit rock bottom in the middle of that. So oh my god, I brought her. She's almost seven years sober now. Oh she's my god, worked at the. She tried to drive off a bridge. You know, tried to commit suicide a couple of times oh, she's boy. now almost seven years sober she's been working at the rescue mission in bakersfield california being of service to others for seven mm-hmm. years um and in what i found with the dogs is 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 just like we've just scratched the surface it's like you know space flight or something there's this whole frontier out there and and it gets a little murky because we're dealing with so many people that are that are blurring the lines with like emotional support dogs but dogs have that capacity in in across so many avenues of life, you know, whether it's helping people open up, whether it's um, helping people get out of their comfort zone. Uh, what we use them for primarily is in prison. So we, we operate four dog programs in California. We State. have a juvenile program too, we right? We do. Yeah, we have. So tell us about the whole, the whole gambit of, well, I've been trying to get into prison for years and years for the exact, to just share what, what I found which is a whole new life. You know, I have this whole, whole new life because of my dogs. And it was, is there it gave a pilot me a, program going a, on? 
Because you, if you were in Tehachapi, that's got a pretty good prison there. Yeah, so we start in Tehachapi next month. We've been at we're at California City State Prison. We've been there for almost three years. Oh, okay. We're at um, we've been at Corcoran State Prison, Level Four. Oh, Old that's Corcoran. serious. Yeah, we, mm. um, that was the the gnarliest of gnarly prisons, and we brought down the violence rate. We brought uh, gangs that haven't talked to each other in probably the history of prisons together, uh, and we're teaching uh, of. We're teaching these guys emotional skills and mm. actual skills. Mm. A lot of people don't think – if you've ever taken your dog to a dog border or if you've ever needed training, there is a ton. A, a paradigm is shifting where we treat our animals like kids. So there is a ton of money being put into this work. So we're training our inmates oh, to I have know. a We spend very more money on our viable. dogs than we do our children at this point. But this is work they can do. So yeah, seven, so seven guys when they yeah. get out. Yeah. Seven guys have gotten out of prison. All, guess what? All seven of them are professional dog trainers. Wow. There you go. One of them was on the FBI's most wanted list. He was in jail for murder. The other served 19 years in prison. These are, these are black men. These are Asian men. These are white men. These are guys of every background, every reason why they shouldn't be in a female women dominated profession but they are kicking ass and they've practiced on it for three years in prison with the, they live with these dogs these dogs live there for three oh, so months. the dogs are allowed in the prisons they live there yeah wow these are dogs come straight from the shelter god they're trying anything to well, get to, to that's pretty innovative i'm just thinking how when did you, you think get them a to do that did, did you is have to go dog. to the, the warden and figure that out oh yeah <laughs> oh wow. yeah it took us four years i bet <clears throat> yeah. hey let's take a little break and we'll okay. hear more about that exciting one of the most crucial components of addiction recovery is accountability. Part of what makes addiction so difficult is the inability to self-regulate. Now, this is especially problematic for those in outpatient recovery or pain management program. And while the facilities require regular urine tests to ensure compliance, frequently the actual tests are not even observed. And this led to an epidemic of falsified samples where patients either use someone else's urine or widely available synthetic urine. The result is a lot of addicts carry right on using undetected and they get none of the benefits from treatment. The only objective test we have for addiction is the urine screen. Now, recently, I learned about a new solution that virtually eliminates the possibility of faking tests, even in facilities where they are unobserved. This is called ToxProtect, a DNA verified drug test and lab service that provides 100% sample authenticity. ToxProtect was created by Genitox Labs can be used in place of any standard urine drug test. It starts with simple one-time cheek swab to establish the patient's identity. Once submitted, each subsequent screening uses DNA testing to verify that that sample matches the patient. And additionally, ToxProtect screens for synthetic urine and irregular values that would indicate dilution or other adulteration. In other words, this pretty much guarantees accountability. I'm excited to see this service being used, and I think it, it will significantly improve an addict's chances for successful recovery. I'm going to be talking more about Genitox Labs and ToxProtect on future shows. Thankfully, ToxProtect is being used by more and more facilities every day. Be sure to ask for it by name wherever you or your loved one is receiving care. To get more information or share it with your facilities, go to drdrew.com slash ToxProtect. That is drdrew.com slash ToxProtect. Drew, don't you have some other ads to read? Well, I want to talk about ToxProtect for a second because this is one of the things that really has bothered me, that people were not doing observed urines. Lots of programs weren't doing that. Lots of researchers. But they, but they, have, cu- they have cups that, that you can't cheat. Well, now with the Genitox, they check your DNA in your cheek and the DNA has got to match the urine. It's perfect. Oh, you're it's kidding. A, yeah. Yes. That's what, we're, that's what I'm supporting these guys. I like them. How much them. does that cost? It's not that expensive. It's not that expensive. So check it out. If you, if you want to you, check it out for your programs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, for just, outpatient, for sure. Uh, remind everybody to go to doctor.com, check our uh, weekly opium series let, newsletter. We've got a whole dialogue there going about how the opiate crisis developed. And, you know, you've, you've heard an example of it today here with Zach in terms of how he was pushed medicines. We'll, we'll tell you exactly how that happened. And uh, we're going to do a narcissism series about why we're so tribal, why we're so black and white in our thinking, right? Right. So if, I, I know you, we ever talked about this. What we should do it about the narcissistic turn and how it's affecting how I've just always behaving. been narcissistic, so it's, yeah, it's been your <laughs> turn for me. <laughs> well, we'll talk about that. Uh, and, it has uh, lightened over time in therapy. Yours, right? Be, yeah. The, the narcissism. See, my thing is narcissism is not a pejorative. Strictly, it's it's actually an asset in certain situations, but it can, it has a liability that, that we're deeply into right now. Uh, Heal dot com. Don't forget those guys. They will come right to you. Ninety dollars all in or your insurance. We got it. Keep going. But I'm interested in that DNA thing. So for outpatient, yeah. that will tell you that the urine, if you don't, if they just go in a bathroom and they pee in a cup Who supposedly knows? by themselves, Who knows? if they don't, the DNA will match the pee to the person. Yeah. Oh, so there's no cheating. You can't no, cheat. Now, what do we know about drug tests? When you tell the patient, you can't fucking cheat this. See this strip? It has the DNA of your urine and the DNA of your mouth. And if it doesn't match your line, is there anything you'd like to say to me right now? Yeah. That, that's what yeah. we used to do when yeah. we had a rehab together. Yeah. You really, because you need the patient to tell the truth. That's more important than the fucking grub test. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. That's right? True. And so when you've got it in your hand, and the newest ones that I had were cups, right? I said, you know this cup? And I lie sometimes and tell them that it's the expensive cup and it's not. Mm-hmm. That cup oh, no. will turn a certain color if it's really, you know, your urine. But mm-hmm. if you're trying to put a bag of urine in there, or some, you know, we had, this, a, this we had the... a client who had a penis made. Yeah. How about that? that? <laughs> yeah. He made a fake penis so that he would, even if it was observed, urine would you come actually, out of you it. Actually I'm can... envious I didn't come up with it. <laughs> you can actually, they actually, Bob, there was enough demand for that. It's called the Wizenator. They actually you can get those online. Oh, now, now. yeah, there was Tom yeah. Sizemore. To was our client. Like, yeah. Tom you, Sizemore. Any... Tom Sizemore watched the movie Boogie Nights. He tells the story much better than me, <laughs> and he went. That's what I need because he knew that Wahlberg's penis wasn't that big, so he knew there was a guy that had made a penis for the end scene oh, of Boogie Nights. God. And he got in contact with that guy, and he got him to make him one. Oh, Tom's a <laughs> and genius. then it That's had brilliant. fake pee in the side of it. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> Wizardator. Yeah. So anyway, and they have they have different different shades to match your skin. Oh my god! Of course they do. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm gonna look it up. Oh my god. Oddly enough, on the subject of, I I think all dog toys and and penis like toys are made at the same factory. (laughs) They are so incredibly similar. It is. I have some dog toys, especially for large dogs. I'm looking at this thing going. This is nothing but a large different mold. A different mold in the same factory. Yeah. (laughs) It looks like a bone instead of something else. So. So you and, and and it was sad because we were trying to promote. We we chose certain organizations to promote on celebrity rehab at yeah. the outings because Drew didn't really like going on the outings. Ugh. I didn't I didn't mind it because I didn't. That meant I didn't have to go to the rehab shooting. I could just meet at the park where uh-huh. I, I didn't mind. Yeah. So so we and and yours got messed up. We had heard about your organization. I think from Patty Schimmel. What's the, the drummer from Hole? Yeah. She has a dog organization, I think. Schimmel. Schimmel. That's how we heard about you. And so we were going to try to promote you. And then somebody had a seizure on the show and that got all lost your mission. And I'm sorry. So now we're going to 
yeah. you know, want to promote your organization. There's the oh, resonator. he's showing me the fake penises <laughs> online. But look where the, the bladder for your urine on the, on, right goes with it. That's the length <laughs> addicts go. It, it, this is the stuff. Is it, we're is it like real handsome? Am I getting envious yeah, it's over a, here? It's an envious penis. Am I going to yeah, be yeah, on resonator.com? Oh my later? God, there's black and there's. there's <laughs> yeah, that's a great display. Wow. With all, and you notice there's a whole thing Stream for the, for that the Why do you have live? to be packing heat while you do a drug test? Oh, Why they, do have, you, they have different sizes. You know? But they figure in what this one. Yeah, they figure yeah, you, you load in, you probably load in your yeah. height and weight. You might as well and live they your determine dream. it. You know? right. Who hasn't wanted a new penis, right? But, but so you've been on this mission, and that was probably yeah. seven years ago yeah. that you were going to be on this show. I've been so holding you, a resentment ever since. I'm sorry. And, yeah. but. So you were only three years sober. You were only three years away from death's door, and you seemed fine to me. Yeah. And you were better good, physical condition. And, you, than and I therapeutically, know. you could handle our narcissistic asshole clients. You yeah. were great in the beginning before the seizure happened. Yeah. I think though a whole third of the show was about you know build ups to the seizure. Right. Oh my God, they're at the dog park, and yeah. she's gonna yeah, have yeah. a seizure. No, the, the roller lights, <laughs> the, amb- the ambulance, exactly. The and ambulance it was place. nothing. We just sit there. We held a blanket over her, and mm-hmm. you know it was fine. It was a mixture of. It was a really hot that day so i was I yeah sure was, you weren't at the arroyo and no we were at the dog park near the hollywood sign yeah. i remember yeah yeah that's what it yeah. was for sure oh, and so his yeah, whole episode got too. cut of promoting his his yeah. organization was it heidi? did heidi have a seizure uh, i don't know was it heidi no Fines? it wasn't heidi no was it normal it was people group, or celebrities though, right? it was that group yeah, yeah. Oh. It, was, it was it was it was normal normal people Normal people. Oh, so it, so was, it was. Uh, right. Yeah, it was on the. T- yeah. It was after. It was like you guys had transitioned. Yeah, we wanted to do one season of yeah. normal people because mm-hmm. we were getting shit that it was all celebrities, and exactly. we did normal people. Nobody watched. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. it told us. Oh yeah, really? We shouldn't have celebrities on it. Yeah, That's thanks. why you watch it, thanks idiots. For, thanks <laughs> that, for watching. <laughs> That's how I dealt with my resentment. As I just said, well, no one's watching their show anyway because. <laughs> So, so, so <laughs> now, what have you been doing in the seven years? It must have grown. You have a passion Man, for this. I mean, has, you uh, must. You got it in the prisons. You got a juvenile <clears throat> program. Yep. YA is is that what you're talking about? Yeah, we have. We have been operating for the last almost three years. Uh, dog programs where basically ten dogs will go in, inside the prison. They will live there in the housing unit in the the pod. Uh, we're the only program that's run out of a pod. Almost all educational pro- well, all educational programs are run out of classrooms. So it's not you're not in all of it. You're not on the yard. You know, everyone has this idea of what a prison yard is. That's where we are. That's where we do our training. That's where the dogs live. So the the purpose of the pro and we have them at California State or California City Correctional Facility, Corcoran, North Kern, and Wasco. And when we're opening up at Tehachapi, which is a sense of needs facility, and then we have our first juvenile women, juvenile yeah, girls that? program. That's YA, it's known as Youth Authority. Youth Authority. Well, see, uh, for girls, juvenile offender girls are the least advocated for group on planet Earth. People. I'll bet. The program. Think about, think about what he just said right there. Yeah. We don't want to think about little girls committing crimes and being nope. in gangs. Nope. And you know what we give them? Home ec classes. Oh, what you're kidding do? me. What does that do for a cycle? In, in prison, they have home economics. Yeah, they teach insane. them how to be better. <laughs> that is you know, 1954 women. at its best, Drew. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
So what we've, what we've, for that program in particular, which was Judge Brumfeld, who's a judge locally, who we, again, I've been throwing this up against any person who works for a prison Ooh, that will listen, listen to me. Yeah. And we've been able to find a, a few wardens and a bunch of people that have helped us drive it home. Uh, and, and she really said, you guys have to make this happen. Our, our girls deserve something. And these are repeat offender girls. They're called pathways. So there's 23 girls who have are repeat offenders between the ages of roughly 13 and 18. Oh, uh, and it's you. in a bizarre place. If you've never been to a kid's prison, there are kids. I've been to the fire camp up in, uh, up in Crestline. Yeah, there's a bunch whatever. of fire camps are different because they're open and, and they're dorm settings. And these are, these are concrete cells that look just like big kid prison. And they're color coded. Color coded. Kids will wear different outfits based on what their crimes are. And you'll have kids mopping porters that are wearing different stuff. And and you'll have kids. You walk by their little their little hole. You look into their cell, and there's some thirteen year old mm. who's by himself in a concrete cell pondering his life. Mm. And it's the same thing with the girls. And so um, what we're doing is the same thing. We're starting slow. We're bringing dogs in. We've been going there for for almost a year in a therapeutic capacity. Just bringing them in and then bringing taking in, them out. Having right? the girls have – we have a lot of very strong, wonderful girls. Angela Aiden is one of them. A bunch of girls. Lisa Porter, um, Leah Mark has a bunch of really prominent, wonderful trainers. Angela lives at our rescue ranch in Tehachapi. And these girls – are gonna, we're, we're kind of a, a gathering as many positive, wonderful women as we can to be role models to these gals. Mm-hmm. But we go in to teach them a skill, and we go into – there's a big substance abuse program element to it. There's a big co- self-esteem element to it. And more than anything, you know, what you deal with in prison is being talked down to, being made to feel like you're less than. And we're there – Not even human. Yeah, exactly. We're there to treat them with respect. We're there to, to grow with them. Mm. And that's, the, that's why our programs are successful. And so I'm really excited about that program launching next week. Or next month, excuse me, and then our other our, our big big kid prisons have been remarkable. I mean, just the the most remarkable. I knew bringing dogs into prison to live there would be therapeutic. I knew it would get guys who are in opposing gangs to work together. I knew it would bring down incidents, but I didn't realize we were going to start essentially. Uh, you know, one of the Training keys program, to right. to to reform in in the penal system. Mm-hmm. You should bring in some sort of academic group to study it, so they can be published and sent out. And be We're working through that. We have a, a assistant professor at Cal State University of Los yeah. Angeles who's putting it because you need data. Like yeah. you just said, you need That's data to show this. Stuff. Yeah, have collected evidence based. Yeah, have collected treatment. data and send it up, but then other people yeah. will model it too. Yeah. yeah, which I don't mind. I, I want the world to have. That's this. right. Well, I'm it's not, working. What the hell? And saving dogs under command. It's exactly. The best thing. We have three. So let me ask you. Let me ask you something because I. I spent a lot of time in the penal institutions, both as a client and a owner. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and whatever they say, the hair club thing. Yeah. I've been a patient. Yeah, I've yeah, been yeah. a prisoner, and I've been a Visitor, counselor. counselor. Client, and yeah. so, I, I just I've been to Tehachapi. Mm-hmm. They're going to want pit bulls, mm-hmm. and that is a big do. problem. They always do. They always do. Yeah. Okay. So how do you get them to take a poodle? <laughs> <laughs> you you hand it to them and you watch what happens. There's no there's no uh, we pair them based on their energies. We always pair them with another person of another because race. there's some dog breeders in there. There's some dog Absolutely. violent gang mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't think they've ever really looked at dogs. I think that it would be because you when you have a a, a gang member in a in a in a place where they'll talk mm-hmm. about feelings and things, mm-hmm. you can have extraordinary conversations that I, I think that they've never dared have with anybody. Uh, it is the most... Right? It is you the most understand what I'm saying, 1,000%. Right? And so you can say, listen, they're not just to fight. They're not just to look good in the neighborhood. Yeah, they, and you put a 
poodle in their lap, and I'll bet you it's a profound experience. Re- reversing that stigma or whatever um, preconceived notion they have in their mind goes away immediately, well, almost immediately. All the tough guys want a pit bull. They all want, and then as soon as you give them whatever you give them, that bond happens right. almost instantaneously. Right. And you they see, get very defensive. And then they, because they view themselves oftentimes as the misunderstood mutt, or they mm. view themselves as a pit bull, the empathy starts to pour forth. Well, you've got to be a pit what these guys coming need. from the trauma they come from. You've got to yeah. be a pit bull to survive. Mm-hmm. I think that's why they identify with that dog. Well, do you, do you tend to bring in the injured dogs too? And does that we bring help? In everything. We've does had the injured stuff help break it through? Mm-hmm. We bring in a lot. So we have the dogs that live there, and then we'll bring in demo dogs. So mm. we have a dog hooch right whose tongue was cut out his ears were cut off so he's a why? big so I mean, it wouldn't no bark very, maybe you know oh my god uh, he's an amazing dog again now, Drew, what do you do with a hat? human being that would cut a dog's tongue out you know there are some that can't be so we bring those dogs in Stay away from them and, <laughs> but the the what you're looking for in prison is to is to uh fire on someone's empathy you're looking for them to switch on their empathy right you know switch and that's very difficult to do because they're in a place where they're not going to let their guard down. Anyway. I always talk about their kids because most of them have kids. And when you talk about kids, mm-hmm. you know, you break down that level of prisoner yeah. kind of thing. Well, Anything what, to break it down. The most, the most wonderful thing that I've had happen, and it's, and it's happened um, probably 10 times, is because our positive change program is what it's called. It's so p- prominent on Instagram. As we've had guys, most of our guys are violent offenders. They are 15 to life, almost all of them. And this is, we've rehabilitated almost 300 guys, right? Yeah, so only a handful have been out of prison. So all seven who have gotten out of prison have are jobs. dog trainers. Mm. Remember right. that. Mm. Um, but these guys have been away for so long, they're de- detached from their families. So one of these, one of my buddies, his name's Todd Olds. He showed me a letter that his daughter wrote him the day he was he got sentenced to Cal City, and it said, "You're no longer my dad." Mm-hmm. It had a picture of a really mean dog, and it said, "You know, Gary's now my dad, right?" Mm-hmm. And uh, and he's he's the so you know essentially I don't want anything to do with you. After we started posting pictures of him, this is nine years later. Uh, his daughter reaches out to him and says, "Daddy, I see the work that you're doing for these dogs. I see what you've what you've done with the dog because the dogs have radical transitions. They they transform in there because they're spending 13 hours a day with these guys." So her, his daughter, who he hasn't spoken to in nine years, who's written him off, who's now 19 or 18, sees what your dad's doing, writes a letter to him and says, Daddy, I want you in my life for me I want you, because I deserve to have you in my life. And we've had 10 of those happen where kids now have relationships with their, with their parents who are incarcerated because of the program, because they have something to be proud of them for. And wow. that's what it is. These guys need self-esteem. They need something to feel proud of. And this program makes them feel proud. You know, it's interesting also because we have we have a political slant to this show sometimes. And one of the <laughs> things that Drew and I can agree on, I coming from the one left, him coming from the right and trying to meet in the center, in the center, listen, yeah. this costs hardly nothing yeah. compared yeah. to all the bullshit yeah. that they spend in prison. You yeah. This costs hardly anything. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, by the way, it costs nothing, and, and we and raise all the money. And it's saving cost through the for the uh, animal organizations. It costs sixty thousand dollars a year to incarcerate a person in the state of California. Sixty thousand dollars on average. Eighty six percent of those men end up back in prison within three years. Eighty six percent. If you can prevent, if if one guy that goes through our program just doesn't reoffend in a few years, 80, the program pays for itself. Yeah. If he ends up out of prison for the rest of his life, it saves the state on average three million dollars. Mm. You get that with a handful. Of, th- those are the numbers, but people don't want to listen. Those are the numbers. Why do they not want to listen? Because it's a culture. It is a the the. They don't know if they're in a roof or a, gr- uh, a rut or a groove. <laughs> they're in a rut big time. But there has been a shift. 
shift towards rehabilitation in the CDC, in the California Cal- Department Cal- of Corrections Cal- rehabilitation. Yeah. They're starting to be held accountable. But, you know, we, we need to, now's the time we need to put the pressure on. And like Drew's right, you know, we have to have, it takes a long time to coalesce data. And, and, I mean, we have, we, we, it's not even anecdotal. We know what our guys have, have done. We know that they're out here succeeding. And we know really what's important is Tehachapi, for instance. It's one of the most violent prisons around because it's a sensitive needs facility, you know? And if we bring a program like this in, the, the violence between inmates goes radically Does down. Your, do your guys go back in with the dogs? They can. The, the seven Some of guys? them can. Yeah. Do so they? we just got clearance for Jason. He's only been out for, for four or five months. Got an incredibly successful dog training program in Orange County. He's been working with us. Um, and they did. They gave us clearance for that, which is unbelievable, you know, because usually if you have a criminal record, we did bring one of our guys who we'd hired who worked at our ranch who did 13 years. He's a former, you know, former tortilla flat crip. We, we brought him in. So he came in and demonstrated that he works at our ranch. And, what and, was it like for him going back in there like that? Must have been emotional. That's what I'm wondering. It was. Yeah, yeah he was. Um, it's funny. He he stood back and he he observed and he watched and uh, it was very surreal for him. Uh, I'm I'm extremely uh giving when i go in there i have to be uh emotional i have to hug i hug everybody yeah yeah and so he he get, it, you know he got comfortable with that because i'm 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 having physical interaction with these guys so that there you really can't in our program you can't feel standoffish there's just not enough time to feel it's too integrated we're too emotionally involved we 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 love one another it's but he the sounds it's so inorganic the concrete the steel the the sounds of it the way people look it was very difficult for him. I'm very proud that he he did that. I'm I'm um, so our seizure brave. patient. I'm remembering now was Ashley. Ashley, Ashley. And, and Ashley, Ashley. <laughs> and Ashley was the one. Interestingly, I was so worried about because of her alcoholic liver disease. Okay, I was very concerned about did her she medically. Really have liver disease? I didn't oh yeah, know. yeah. It was not what you're she describing, like but. Uh, yeah, she was drinking a lot. <laughs> she was drinking a lot. But, but, but she had liver disease, and I was concerned it might not be reversible, but yeah. she's still doing good. Well, that's the, the thing. You know, I, I try to work with as many comp- you know, transplant patients as I can, and they don't ever talk about diet. You know, so they'll keep you alive with you – know, they'll tell you not to eat red meat or they'll tell you to stay off the salt. These kind of things that are so rudimentary in terms of the, the math of this. This is a simple subtraction, subtraction and addition. We need to be working on complex trigonometry to get people to come back from diseases like this. You need to let them know that they need to live a high-fiber high diet, The carbohydrates you know, turn into sugars, and they need to know all these things or they're going to die, mm-hmm. you know? Drew's eating only bacon for the last four. Not months. only bacon, not only bacon. Okay. But, but that's another one, like eating ketogenically or yeah. eating, you know, high protein, high protein, high fat yeah, diets. Those are also things that are that they need to start working on in yeah. order to save these people's lives. We're throwing so much. You know how much it costs to put people on dialysis? Oh, please. I mean, and that's what the option there's a, is. There's that? a proposition about it. Have you seen all the commercials? Yeah, don't don't what vote it, for it. What are you you're voting? No on eight. It, it will. It no will, on eight. Yeah, it will okay. coalesce them all into these giant that. giant cooperatives. It'll be a mess. And it already is. It already is a mess. Yeah. But but you were know. you on dialysis? No, thank God. But I was like this close. The, yeah. This doctor Aziz, a miracle worker, came in and, and helped kind of stall my my kidney failure. Um, because you know everything goes, man. When you're li- you, your pancreas, your gallbladder, your kidney, you know, everything. Is, do you have a Do you have a affected. podcast? You should have a podcast. I'm on one right now. <laughs> I know, but you should have your own. <laughs> I'd love to, man. I, you know, my whole thing is is I just had a I have a I have a child, I have a human child, I have a beautiful wife. These things that I get to, t- I'm sitting with Doctor Drew and with Bob. Are you kidding me right now? You know what I'm so saying? Good. That these things are yeah. happening and and. 
It's unbelievable. So I'm. Well, I would we, love to have a podcast. You do have great. a Twitter. It's at Marley's Mutt. I don't Mutz. use the Twitter. I use Instagram, and we use Facebook. In, I'm sorry. It's an Instagram at Marley's okay. Mutt. And there's a event coming up. Yeah, we got an event uh, in Bakersfield. It's called Paws and Pearls. It's kind of our black tie event where if you want to come to Bakersfield and, and listen to us talk about Buck Owens, and Buck Owens, the home of Buck Owens, baby. That's right. Uh, but I'm from Hermosa Beach. You know, I'm I'm from down here. But that's our big event that's coming up. We've also expanded into Los Angeles. So Marley's Mutt's is is here. We have a couple of, of really wonderful wonderful fosters and and uh, even some celebrities are trying to help us get the word out so we're in los angeles we're looking to we're expanding our prison program to the to, to this area and it's it's really just having entree to to get the conversations i can sell positive change to anybody we could get it into juvenile justice here we could get it into the county system people just need to be willing to listen yeah you're on the right track and be heard just in general about dogs like i have three dogs and don't dogs just reflect their owners? Because you're calm and loving, and I'm neurotic and crazy. And I, you just my dogs are just jump up, and they're, they're, and they're, you know. Well, I'll tell you how what. do you become a dog person that just that dog has been in here for an hour and a half and not made one problem? Yeah. Yeah. And she just had her both of her legs amputated six months ago. <laughs> That's what I mean. Though. What was the reason for the amputations? <laughs> she she came from the shelter with she'd been hit by a car. She oh shot, shattered front legs and just pain. There, no, there was a bone infection in one of them. Oh, yeah, it didn't go. heal, and the other one was shattered in so many places it wouldn't couldn't yeah. be saved. This is she's actually our fourth double front leg amputee. <laughs> so we have we have several of them. But that's what they show you is we get, it's very easy for but me to get on my. Isn't it true that dogs are reflections of? Oh, their, absolutely. My my dog parents. Well, I said of their owners of their of their partners. Whatever you want to call political correctness. My dog Marley, who's this dude tattooed right here, he's the dog that helped me start it, the namesake of the rescue. He was everything I always wanted to be. Confident, walked into a room, you know, and women wanted to be with him, men wanted to be like him. But my <laughs> other dog, uh, Tug, was just a neurotic nightmare. Oh, really? He, okay, yeah, so there's a nightmare. Hope? Totally. It's, there's absolutely hope. You just have to like it's it's the two sides of you, right? You know, right. it's it's because there's there's a strong, confident guy in there in you for sure. Yeah, a little you know? bit. Yeah, but but you know, it's balancing it out. But sorry, <laughs> a little bit. A little you know, bit but you know, it, it's certainly I've had some dogs that I shouldn't be fostering based on my <laughs> mental on what I'm dealing with mentally. Well, it's good to know, you know then it's for not sure, just man. Me. Scooby-Doo is our rescue from Las Vegas, and it's Elvis, my son's dog, really. And I was just with her before I came here, and she's just jumping up, and it's embarrassing when other people are around. Like the, yeah. You say down, and then you. down doesn't mean down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, Drew knows exactly what I'm saying. I know what you're saying. 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 <laughs> you, you know what my wife told me the other day, and, and just getting back to because How do you get, get dogs to not jump up on people and on? Uh, well, a lot of it is knowing when to give affection, you know, and also controlling your energy. Dogs don't Should you speak. go right? I've, I've had drug trainers. I hired a dog psychiatrist, psychologist oh, no, one time didn't. to come to my house back when I was a rock star in the 90s because <laughs> uh, it was very chic. <laughs> so the guy said, go to the dog right away. As soon as you get home, go right to the dog and give it a lot Did of love and attention. From yeah, was, this guy? He, was just, he was a dog psychologist. Go, go to him right away. Go to, yeah. When you come in the door, go right to the dog and make a thing all about the dog and then it'll calm down and then it'll whatever. That's not you what I found. That yeah. When you go right to the dog, it's stirred up and then it mm. just stirs up yeah. more and more energy. What I try and do is I not, say hello yeah. and then go do what you got to do. It's all about do. association. So if, if they associate you at the door with excitability... So if you come home and get very excited, or if you leave and get very excited, they're just going to get excited every time you leave or right. come home. Right. Oh. It's about association, you know. Yeah. So or you can have Rex. 
Yeah. Yeah. Who's just annoying, yeah. runs around in circles and we, barks we get, at everybody. We get into all this nuance about like the potential about the, the, the canine human bond. Like, there's so <laughs> much potential into it. Well, my wife told me today, like I, I had an awful morning, right? Just bad. And I've been going a million miles an hour trying to make Marley's Mud succeed and positive change succeed and get in front of guys like you so I can share my story. And I, I also have a rescue pig from the Ojai fires. And <laughs> I came home last night and she caught me basically spooning with the pig. And and she's like that because the pig loves to be rubbed on his belly. Oh. That's what you're missing right now, Zach. You got away from that because yeah. it all went away, man. All the shit that was in my head that I was obsessing about that I, I fall back into my old old patterns. Of course, I fall back into my old patterns. Right. Of course, and these little the, it's the easiest tool. Just allow yourself to receive. Un, you know, unconditional reciprocal love from something, and then I was, I was, it was like I, I had meditated. It was like I took a nap. I'm incapable of napping, you know. Right. So, but it was that simple magic is always there, and it's always there for us to tap into. And if you apply it to a therapeutic setting, you know, like we do at Juvenile Justice with the girls, th- these dogs will facilitate massive emotional growth. Massive. I mean, they will catapult people into a direction that they didn't know. People who are who who are committed to being victim makers. People have been victim makers their whole life, have a new understanding of what empathy means, have a new understanding of what giving and receiving love means, all because of these dogs. And it's and it's not something that us as people who are cerebral and want to like talk it out with these guys and really, it yeah. just happens as a byproduct of the interaction. It's another it's another facet of how to help. Yeah. I'm big on cognitive behavioral therapy and and but I become open to cuz I work with this woman Susie Randolphy, who runs the Wounded Warriors program, she does horses and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I had always thought, ah, the horse thing's just a gimmick for rehabs, right? Mm-hmm. No, I've seen it doesn't work so good with drug addicts, mm-hmm. but it works with PTSD soldiers. Yeah. Because they know discipline and they know taking care of business. Yeah. You have to play so much catch up with drug addicts trying to get them into yeah. the position mm-hmm. to have that. But dogs are much simpler than horses. Yeah. But dogs are right there with you. Yeah. I, I love this idea. Yeah, I absolutely. Hope, we just I, bought we just rescued our first horse from uh mm-hmm. from Lancaster Animal Shelter for that exact purpose. It's gonna be a girls work to ride program. Oh my gosh. At the prison? No, at, right. Oh. Our our ranch backs up against the Hatchby prison. We share oh my gosh. we basically share three acres with Anybody the ever prison. escaped on no, no. But the firing range is right next to. So we hear every Wednesday, man. It sounds like World War Three. What is it like living in a town that the main industry is prison? It's a Bruce Springsteen song, man. <laughs> is it the the cement plant and the prison? Those are like the aspirations of people that are there. You know, it's pretty interesting. So Drew, do the big sale so that no, everybody no. can get get go donate money and we'll get, tell us where to get go. To the, the best, the best place. You know, the best. There's a couple of things you guys can do. If you're an influencer, if you're on social media, you can wield your power extremely well. What we need is people to find out that we're doing this work. So go to Mar- at Marley's Mutts on Instagram. Go to at Positive Change Program on Instagram. Share us on social media. Put us in your story. Put us in your feed. Just show people what you're passionate about. If you like what we do, if you're into it, it speaks for itself. Just share it. If you want to make a donation, marleysmutts.org forward slash donate. Marleysmutts.org forward slash donate. But people can really find purpose in their work on social media if they just, you know, mix in some 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 altruism. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mix in something that they're passionate about. And a lot of people are passionate about dogs and about criminal justice reform. So very inspiring. Share some of our stuff. 
Marley's mutts. There it you is. Hire I'm one of his it. guys I'm to come. Hire one of his guys to help train, train your, your dogs. Dog. Absolutely, yeah. man. Hire some one of his guys to come train your dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. down here, man. And if you guys ever want dogs in for any reason, we have an entire uh, three dozen dogs called our Miracle Mutts, which is our therapy wing. So these dogs are active all week long at our local facilities. We partner with 100 different nonprofits in Kern County. Our dogs are everywhere all the time, and these are certified therapy dogs that go around and, and just oh give God, love. Look, at, so. look at Franklin. Is hanging, he's waiting for his next amputation. That's our other double front leg Franklin? Amputee. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! Has he got a home? Natalie Maines from the Dixie Chicks is uh, fostering him. Oh, wow. oh, is she? Yeah. He's he has a home. She's, she's been a champ when it comes to fostering. Man, she's I really bet. put up a lot. Not yet. He's got to have his next leg amputated amputated on the eighth. Schedule amputations. Yeah. Like that. Everybody go to Marley's Mutts on Instagram. I'm yeah. watching all At of Marley's it. Oh Mutt's. my God! <laughs> and then go to the so Positive cool. Change program. Some of the interviews, guys. You know, graduation. You want to go to the happiest thing you could ever go to? Go to the Actors Gang. Uh, at Tashby Prison, which is a really good program, or go to Positive Change Graduation at a Prison. When you see 40 guys graduating a dog program with all of their dogs and their loved ones who haven't had anything to be proud to of for a long them. time, it is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. That's so great. There's some positivity. And, and also, man, you can find your purpose in, in recovery, man. You, will abs- you can absolutely find something that blows your hair back and that you can, you know, you can make a living doing, whether it's giving back... Or, or just don't be afraid to find your passion, man. It's going to take some time. Is, has the Marley's Mutts Paws and Pearls um, event coming up on November 3rd? Do you have an auction online? Because I bid on auction items. Yeah, there's a few things on there. Good yeah. idea. We're, we're, we're getting better. We're getting better at it. We, don't, we know we haven't had the infrastructure to hire, a, but we have some volunteers that have been kicking butt, you know, pushing those things forward. So, Well, I hope everybody in the Bakersfield a, a area date goes. With, with date with Bob? Huh? <laughs> a, a date with Oh, uh, yeah. You come down here. <laughs> help me with my dog. <laughs> Scooby-Doo. The, the, the right to train Bob's dog. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm telling you. The, the, the date with Bob. <laughs> we're going to get a new dog, too. Mm-hmm. Fourth, fourth is a charm. Marley's mine. I mean, if you want, if you want to be the coolest person, <laughs> one dog's going to come in and straighten the other dogs out. That, that can theoretically we have happen. Coyotes, you know? so my dogs have to have four legs. Unfortunately, mm. well, think about adopting a dog that's been through Corcoran. He can, if he can handle Corcoran, he can handle a couple coyotes. What's man, that? are you kidding me? Corcoran, Corcoran State it's Prison. It's a prison, oh, wow. Susan. <laughs> You know? She thought it was a restaurant. You, you want to be the coolest person at the dog park. You have a dog that graduated a prison program. Oh, you know? that's awesome. And we have dogs from China in there. We have do- you know, dogs from the meat trade. We have dogs from Thailand. What's your thought about dogs sleeping in the bed? All right. This is a, this is a tough one. It's a really important uh, thing. When, I'm on vaca- when I bring Cora with me for media Well, that stuff, dog sleeps wherever it wants because it's got correct. two legs missing. Correct. Yeah. Her, her poor, poor me thing works every time. Right. Every time. But, since <laughs> but I'm we, talking about pit bulls on the bed. I always used to. But, but now I have a wife and I have a baby. So we, have a we only let dog. one dog is the answer. We only let one dog and it's probably unfair, but that's what happened. We let the small yeah. dog sleep in the bed. I've never been a dog's in the bed guy. Me neither. I, yeah, and you don't have to be. That's perfectly fine. We still love you. <laughs> I mean, they can. Come I think it tells them that it's not it. right. We got to go, but, but we're going to get Rex your stuff out. Crate, we're going to put so. it on Doctor Drew's stuff. We're going to get it, the message out about cool. you guys. Thank you so it's much. A great story. Yeah, Thank you for sharing. Awesome. I really appreciate it. We got it, bud. Great, great. See you right. next time. All right, that's about it for this episode of This Life. Check us out at KBC, being uh, Lawrence Vaughn, 790 Midday Live Talk Radio, Monday to Friday. You can also tune in every day live via the magic of the internet at kbc.com. If you miss it, we've made it simple for you to find all the shows 
at drdrew.com, the Adam and Dr. Drew podcast, the Think One I Do By Myself, Dr. Drew podcast, This Life, of course, with Bob Swole Patrol, Mike Cantho, and his new health and fitness podcast. You can uh, find us on Twitter at This Life Podcast, at Dr. Drew, Dairy W, at Rehab Bob Forrest, and of course, our lovely producer at First Lady of Love. I think I know who that is. If you love this show, please subscribe and tell a friend. We appreciate it when you do. We'd love to hear your feedback as well. Send us a message. Join the email list at drdrew.com, drdrew.com slash contact. You'll also get a weekly uh, email from us on that. Uh, while you're at it, at drdrew.com, please support our sponsors by clicking through the banners. We only advertise products that I can get behind. So thank you for supporting them, those that support us. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.